Hello, and welcome to Sobercast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting Sobercast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Hi, y'all. My name's Kim, and I am a sober alcoholic. My sobriety date is July 14th, 2008, and um, my home group's 164. Woohoo! All right, so six and seven. We spent a little time today finding out about honesty and that our life is unmanageable with drinking or without drinking, without God. And then in three, we turn it all over to him, and four, we get to look at ourselves and find out what's been causing us all this trouble. And five, we get to share it with somebody else. So by the time I did that with my sponsor, I looked in the big book, and we have two little paragraphs for steps six and seven. I was like, woohoo! Let's do those really quick and move on. They can't be that important. <laughs> I certainly didn't give it a lot of space in the big book. So um, I was all about getting those steps done quickly and just moving on and letting it be all done, right? <laughs> Needless to say, that's not exactly why they have those steps in there. But um, what happened in my life was I, I did all the steps. I had a complete spiritual awakening during the fifth step. And um, I did six and seven real quickly. I was, I was ready to let go of it. I just didn't really realize how deep what I had inside me was going to be difficult to let go of. And what that means by that is my character defects run deep within me. They're rooted deep within me. The selfishness, the inconsideration the jealousy, the anger, resentment. Um, I wanted to get rid of it, and I wanted it gone quickly because I wanted to be pure as the driven snow. But that's not how God worked in my life. Um, if we allow it to, step six, which reads, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Entirely meaning completely. Um, if we allow it to, step six will teach us the following. This is my experience. It might have taught you more. It might have taught you less, but this is where I am currently in my life. principle behind step six is willingness, and it certainly teaches us that. So it's also taught me to ask God to become willing, to continue to look at my character defects, work closer with my sponsor, work closer with all of you. This is my favorite, to let go and to let God, to have faith, to change, to grow, to look at adversity as an opportunity, to accept and be in the moment, to gain self-understanding, to continue to inventory myself and to let go of old ideas, to look at painful situations as an opportunity to grow spiritually, to listen to our inner voices, to surrender to God minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And it allows us to ask ourselves questions while asking God for help. Um, I thought that, you know, I worked all the steps and I would be, like, all spiritually fit. (laughs) Everything would be great. I wouldn't be restless, irritable, and discontent ever again, like it talks about in the doctor's opinion. But um, I quickly became restless, irritable, and discontent. I was doing all the steps, um, but I really wasn't doing all of them, obviously, because I became restless, irritable, and discontent. And um, it came clear to me really quickly that I had shortcomings, I had faults about me, I had more wrongs I had to look about 
edge, I mean, just like character defects. It just kept coming up. And on page 76 in our big book, it says that they are objectionable. So um, to have them means that I'm not of service to God with these kind of character defects going on in my life. Um, it's about me being willing to be of maximum service to God and to be a program of attraction, me as an individual, as a unit of AA, to be attractive I have to get rid of these character defects within me in order for people to want to work with me. So if I'm walking around angry or jealous or feeling resentment towards others, nobody's really going to want to work with me. So I really feel that it's important that these steps be put into my life on a daily basis. At first I thought they were just steps, but then I realized I had to apply them to my life. And when I, I took the black words off the white paper that Dan was talking about and I started applying it to my life, things started to change. Every day I live in six and seven. I mean, at night we have all the other steps that we'll talk about um, later on this afternoon and in the morning, our review and so forth. But for me, step six and seven work like this. On page 76, it says we become willing or we can become willing. Now, how do we become willing? For me, it worked like this. I would get into so much pain and frustration or irritability or I'd be running the show to such an extreme degree that I would absolutely have to ask God for help over and over and over again. I'm going to give you a couple little examples just so you can kind of look at it in your own life. And we don't all have the same problems or to the same degrees, but one of mine was jealousy, and it was a deep-seated thing from childhood, as most of my issues are, I'm finding. But um, it started to become painful to me and painful to other people in my life. And my relationships were not healthy because of it. And everything I did, I was comparing me to you and you to you. And it was just, it was really exhausting, actually, as um, John had said earlier, how exhausting some of this stuff can be. But um, I, I prayed about it. I talked to my sponsor about it. I started reading about it. I went on the Internet about it. I mean, I wanted to get rid of this. I became entirely ready, completely ready to have God take that from me. And I spoke to a couple of women in the program, and it was interesting because, you know, they were married. They didn't seem like they were jealous people, but they had all gone through it. And in so doing it, so like living through their experience, this one girl said, I don't know what happened. It's just that one day it went away. And that's how step six works for me. It's that I ask God, tells me to do that on page 76. I become willing to ask him, and then eventually it just goes away. Over and over again that happened. Um, another thing that happened to me was that I was in – a relationship, a boy-girl kind of relationship. And um, I had painted this real pretty picture about what I wanted it to look like. I don't know if any of y'all do that, but I, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm way out of the delusion era. I'm into the fantasy of creating what I want things to be. And um, I, I loved when Carmen came up here to me because she was like, um, I worked with her for a few months. She's an incredibly awesome woman. But um you know, she told me that not only was I running other people's lives, I was I was playing God in my own. And I'm like, oh, my God, I play God in my own life. And then I realized that, you know, I have this video camera going how I want everything to be. But, um, you know, it takes me a long time to uncover, discover, and discard. But the process of it, even though it's painful, it's um, developing a sense of um, assuredness for me. The self-worth goes, like, higher and higher, and the self-esteem goes higher and higher because I'm finding out more about me and how I tick and how I work and in relationship to God and you all. But um, I was being dishonest, and I didn't really realize it. 
Um, I was talking to the sponsor that I had at the time, and she keeps going, are you stressed out? I'm like, no, I'm not stressed out. I'm fine. I'm perfect. I'm the perfect little AA woman. And um, there's times she's like, are you stressed out? And I'll be like, oh, no, I've just gained 25 pounds. I can't sleep. I'm like, you know, pissed off all the time. No, yeah, I'm stressed out. Well, you know, after a lot of evaluation, really just doing inventory after inventory, I found out I was just being dishonest. And in being dishonest, it was dishonest to me, you guys. It was dishonest to me that this picture that I painted was not exactly the picture God had had intended for me. Because I suffer from a disease of more, 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 I want more. I'm never satisfied with more. I'm not even satisfied when you give me more, I still want more. I want more of what I want, more of what I desire, not more of what God has intended for me. So through that whole process, I was able to go, whoa, I'm so dishonest. Then I flipped over to page 76, and it says right there, so simple. This program is really simple. It says, if we still cling to something, I love that word something, so we can insert him in here. If um, <laughs> I still cling to him. I love clinging. Oh, God. They didn't call me kitty for nothing. It's just like, hang in there, baby. Um if we still cling to something we will not let go of, we ask God to help us be willing. How simple is that? So I said, okay, God, would you please be willing? Uh, well, I'm willing. Will you be willing to help me let go of my dishonesty? And boom, the next day I can see the truth. And when I can see the truth, then I got something else to do with it. But that's for somebody else to talk about. All right. So um, we talked about objectability. Now, so. When the pain of remaining the same is greater than change, that's when I'm going to ask God to be willing. That's just how it is for me. Now, you guys might be able to hang in there a lot longer. I've got a high resistance to pain way up here. But for me, um, I go back to that line where it says, we squander the hours that might have been useful. If I am in this, I am not helping you. I'm not helping myself. And I'm staying the same. And there is nothing cool about staying the same because the whole world's involved in change. Um, another example was um, one night at 164, Will said, while he was sharing, I have to practice the principle of honesty in all my affairs. I have to be willing to do this in all my affairs, even my checking account. And um, I've probably heard that before, but this particular night I was like, oh, God, that means me too. You know, like I have to be, I have to be willing to practice this in all my affairs. So um, I was like, well, maybe that's why whenever I wrote that check and I didn't have money in the bank, that caused that to bounce and that caused that to bounce and I had less money and it's this vicious cycle. And I think I've done that before. So um, once again, you know, I caused myself enough pain, but for some reason I just have to be ready for it. I don't, I don't know how that works, but God seems to get it all up in there and get up in my business and shows me how it works. But um, so I can use that prayer there too. God, I'm now willing to change that. Now willing not to do that. Um, so it, it helps me with all my character defects, this particular steps. Helps me with my control issues. I, I don't, you know, I hate to think that I'm controlling, but, you know, I go to CODA every Saturday morning and uh, they tell me that I am. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm all about getting better. I'll do whatever it takes to, to do more, to get better, to help others. You know, I'm all about service. I'm all about anything I can do to get into the spirit of light and to God, to be right here in the present moment. That's another thing karma taught me, and it's kind of all up in this, you know, is just to be, just to be right here where I am at all times. I can't be right here where I am if I'm in my character defect over here because it's going to cause 
if I'm overdrawing my checking account, y'all going to hear about it, not because I'm going to tell you the truth, but you can hear about it because I'm going to be angry to you, I'm be short with you, I'm be irritable, I'm not going to pick up your phone call, I'm going to get into a little bit of self-pity, and then I'm going to be over in the corner and be crying. So it all brings out all the rest of them. And all I got to do is be aware of it, ask God to remove it, and then move on. I love that these two little steps are together, even though they didn't give them a lot of space in the big book, man. For me, it's just like, whoa. I don't know, maybe it's where I am in my recovery. Y'all, that's up to y'all wherever you're at, but um, it, it breaks it down to the next step is step seven, and there that says that we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Back in the day, they said we on our knees we ask him, which is a humbling posture to get in front of God. And it's not it's not necessarily for God. It's just that God wants us to need him. And um, I want to break down that prayer, and then we'll say it at the end here, and then I want to read something to y'all. Um, Good thing I can't see the clock, and I got those numbers out there, Nicole, because um, y'all, y'all on that little chip thing went into my time. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. I'm about sharing, sharing here. Okay, <laughs> so it says, um, "My Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me." Interesting, all of me. Like you know how we like to keep a little bit over here. Oh, not about that little affair I'm having, God, or, you know, that little lying and cheating I've been doing over here, or that, you know, I'm isolating, but all of me, God wants to use all of me, good and bad. And um, Leanne and I were talking at the break how God can use some of my defects of character to help other people. And she was newly sober. We were at a meeting. <laughs> they needed a chairperson, and I'm all energetic about, yeah, yeah, let's do AA. And um, nobody would raise their hands, and I'd go, well, Leanne will do it. And um, she wasn't my sponsee, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think she minded. And then I got a phone call, quickly found out that she did. And um, then I was annoyed that she was actually offended by me, that I would suggest that for her. Like, really now? Don't you think you should be doing that? And then I called my sponsor. Luckily, I called my sponsor. And they're like, oh, nope, you were wrong. She's not your sponsee. It ain't none of your business. Call her up and apologize. So. My brashness, my aggressiveness, my assertiveness, all of the rah-rah about AA, Luann has now the commitment, right? And uh, she goes and she chairs the meeting, and she's recovering also. And after the meeting, she calls me up and she goes, you know what, Kitty, I was angry at you for making me do that, but it was absolutely the best experience I ever had. So what is good and what is bad? Maybe God will use something within me to help someone else move along or whatever. And it turns out that by her calling me, it was another blessing. So um, I can't look at things as if they're good or bad because I just need to look at things as if they are. What is, not what if is going to happen, but what is happening, you know, what really is happening. So um, I pray now that you remove from me every single defect of character which stands in my way of my usefulness to you, God, and to my fellows. So once again, it's about me keeping my house clean so that um, I'm available for God immediately upon request and whatever he wants me to do. Um, And then it says, grant me strength. I need that whenever you work with sponsees. Um, (laughs) As I go out from here to do your bidding. You know, I mean, we really, we do need strength to do it because I found that um, as we want to pass on this message, that there's going to be a lot of roadblocks in our way to helping other people recover. So we really do need strength. And this is my interpretation, you guys. This is um, just where my spirit is. And then it says, amen. Now, I've been told that amen means so be it. So once I get 
to the point where I want to be willing to get rid of this. I ask God. I get down on my knees. I become humble. I say this prayer. That's it. End of story. I don't get to walk off and carry it with me all day and ruminate about how I wish you would have done it this way or should have done it that way. It's just it. So be it. Done. Amen. It's the only um, prayer in our big book that has a completion to it, and there are many, many ways of looking at that. Um, but so be it. That's the end of that prayer. Would you all like to say the prayer with me? Okay. I mean, I, like I said, I want to read something to you. The prayer reads, My Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, for me, this is about letting go and letting God. And really, in truth, God has it all anyways. But he wants me to grow and change and become a better person. And thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. But I found this writing one day, and I like to read it because it was written by someone anonymously. And I got a feeling they might have known a little bit about a program. It is not A literature, but it encourages me to read outside of um, AA for books. So I'm going to read this to you guys, if you will. It's um, a relinquishment foundational to our faith, letting go. To let go doesn't mean to stop caring. It means I can't do it for someone else. To let go is not to cut myself off. It's the realization that I can't control another. To let go is not to enable, but to allow learning from natural consequences. To let go is to admit powerlessness, which means the outcome is not in my hands. To let go is not try to change or blame another. I can only change myself. To let go is not to care for, but to care about. To let go is not to fix, but to be supportive. To let go is not to judge, but to allow another to be a human being. To let go is not to be in the middle, arranging all the outcomes, but to allow others to affect their own outcomes. To let go is not to be protect, protective. It is to permit another to face reality. To let go is not to deny, but to accept. To let go is not to nag, scold, or argue, but to search out my own shortcomings and to correct them. To let go is not to adjust everything to my desires, but to take each day as it comes. To let go is not to criticize and regulate anyone, but try to become what I dream I can be. To let go is not to regret the past, but to grow and live for the future. To let go is to fear less and love more. Anonymous. The end. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Sorry. That was bad. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kitty. Well, we next uh, launch into uh, some more action here. We're into some action. Um, the next speaker uh, is, 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 is something special to me. I think she's absolutely awesome. That's the best way I can put it. 
Um, I haven't known her very long, but in the time that I've known her, um, I can say that it's been an experience. <laughs> She's very caring. She's loving. She lives this program. Um, has some unique perspectives, but you know what? In all the way we work at it, it all seems to make sense. And uh, with that, I introduce Miss Ruthie. My name is Ruthie, and I'm special. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic, I'm a woman, I'm Hispanic, and I'm a lesbian. There you go. That classifies half of me. You know, when I, when, I, when I first got into the program, I have to admit that there was certainly a lot of stuff I needed to look at. And how do you go about really looking at yourself? In step four, we look at the resentments, and we, we see that in the midst of, of being the victim, we see where we've really done some nasty stuff to people. And we, we talk to another person about it. We ask God to humbly forgive us for our shortcomings, take them away. For me, it's forgiveness. And now step eight says we make a list of these people that we have harmed, and we became willing to make amends to them all. The list should, if you thoroughly did your fourth step, thoroughly, you should have a list of names. For me, it was institutions because I was a thief, and I would go shopping periodically without permission and without a bankroll. <clears throat> I was not a saint. People, places, and sometimes belief systems. Religion, for one. I hated religion. I hated anyone that talked about religion. You had a label. Like, I'm a lesbian. Well, you had a label, too. It wasn't nice. So I listed all this stuff on a sheet of paper like I'm supposed to do. And I always tell my sponsees that these are the, the last action steps you do before the promises are fulfilled. And we're going to read those promises at the end together if we have to. But if not, I'll just read them to you. Um, but step eight to me was the beginning of the end of isolation. Isolation because to me, I have still remorse and guilt over the people that I've harmed. And I still, you know, I'm reminded that I still could not look at you eye to eye. Because though I told somebody that I trusted my stuff, I still wasn't completely clean. You know? And I needed to shed and this is what eight gives me the list and the preparation so that I can get into nine and actually do those direct amends, you know, so that I could begin to look at you eye to eye as a whole woman with no remorse, no guilt, no resentment. That's pretty cool and very powerful. So it, for me, all these steps are getting me closer to God. You know, it's chipping away at that, that self-seeking, self-centered individual, which I was, and, and chipping it away so that I can get closer to do God's work, the sunlight of the Spirit. And I love that because it's, it's what I believe today, that anything I do is a direct result of my, my faith and my belief in the God of my understanding. 
And in the beginning, it was my sponsor. She was a very powerful person in my life, and so she should have been. So I make this list, and harm to me is is a result of instincts gone wrong. And how did I hurt you physically? How did I hurt you mentally, emotionally? And how did I hurt you spiritually? How did I do this? You know, these are the things I need to look at before I get ready to look at you face to face and say what I need to say. You know, I, I need to prepare myself. So the hardest thing for me to look at was in the big book on page 76. It talks about we found that others retaliated for something that I had originally done. Mrs. Jones, who was a Christian woman, you know, well, yeah, okay, so I went in her backyard and I pulled all the roses, so she called the cops on me. Well, this is a Christian woman that I literally got so mad, she saw fit to call the cops on me. I was the one that started that. But I only looked at, what a bitch, you know, she called the cops on me. How dare she do that? By this time, I need to look at me. And what I've done to you. So the questions, how did I harm you? What did I do? Exactly what did I do? Oh, you know, I did a little lying. No, no. What did I really do to you? How did I lie to you? Well, I actually went to your girlfriend, you know, and told her, hoping it would get back to you. You know, all that stupid stuff we do to create that nastiness that that happens. Was I selfish? Was I dishonest? Was I inconsiderate? You know, I'm the tornado that runs through your life and leaves a a bunch of junk. You know, and I go on my happy way, in my dysfunctional way, like nothing wrong. There's a lot wrong, a lot wrong. So my list was large. I was born in Tampa, raised in Tampa, so everything I've done in disease, I now have to atone for in sobriety. Some of us are lucky we do geographical cures. I didn't get to that one quick enough. (laughs) So the willingness is what sets me free. And I pray for the willingness until it comes. And we do this for the sole motive of removing guilt and remorse. So we make the list, we ask the questions, and then we pray for the willingness. That's all step eight is. It isn't about projecting into what's going to come. It's focusing on those questions, how I've harmed. Let me write it down so that, you know, and then I'm prepared. I don't know how many of you, when you go to work, you know, I have to go to work and there has to be paper and pencils and stuff for me to do my job. So I stock up and do, I'm prepared. You know, step eight is in preparation for nine, for me. So, of course, I let my sponsor look at my eight in my list, my institutions, which Walmart, Kmart, Macy's on occasion when I felt in a good mood. Moms, dads, friends. An addict is the worst person when, you know, when something is missing. And the, the alcoholic will say, I didn't do it. The addict will help you look for it. 
that were me. Friends, people that mattered. And I can say this in a joking way today, but you know what? It's only because God has truly blessed me and forgiven me. Yeah, but it's not a joke. There are many sick and suffering people out there that are just clueless as to what the disease is really doing to them. So I'm going to let go of step eight and go to step nine because that's it for step eight. If it doesn't please you, then get with your sponsor, and I'm sure she'll help you go deeper into step eight. But it's my stuff, and this is what I got. (laughs) Step nine is to make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except to do so would injure them or others. Direct amends. Toby, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, direct amends. This doesn't say mail a letter to your mommy and daddy and say, oh, I've done all this crap to you, and please forgive me. That is not step nine. Step nine is standing in your truth humbly to another human being and saying, you know what, this is what I've done. And when to do so would not injure them or others. That means that what, when I look at you and say, Toby, when we were married, I cheated on you a lot with Mary Jo, Mary Beth, Mary Ann, all your coworkers. Oh, and by the way, I'm a lesbian. That is not a ninth step amends. He's there with his heart on his sleeve wondering what the hell was I married to and what about my friends? How could they do that to me and sleep with my ex-wife? I've heard him just to feel good. That is not a ninth step. And I caution you, man, do not do a ninth step amends unless you've talked to your sponsor because you know what? He or she will know the truth. My magical mind left to its own devices will still self-destruct and hurt people. Don't do it. So face-to-face. Good, the, the big book says on page 83, or actually the 12 and 12 does, that good judgment, a careful sense of timing, courage, and prudence. These are the qualities we shall need when we take step nine. Y'all know what those words are, mean? Yeah? Good judgment? Really? You know what it means? I didn't. I didn't know what good judgment was. You know? I could judge what you were wearing. And if you were wearing, like, you know, name brands, I knew you had some money. That was how I judged people. Good judgment comes from a sponsor. Ask the questions. What is good judgment? She'll tell you. And believe her. Because that's why you have her or him. They're there to guide you through those things. A sense of timing. I am not going to go to a funeral and dump on on my auntie who's just lost her husband and say, by the way, we need to talk. I need to do a ninth step with you, please. Timing is everything. Wherever possible, It doesn't say whenever possible. If it said whenever possible, I would never do it. It says wherever possible. Some of the people that I harmed are now gone. 
But I wanted that relief that I got with the people that I did a face-to-face with because, trust me, when you, when you do it and you stand with your God right next to you and you are genuine in your presentation to this person, the freedom you're going to get is I can't put it to words. I really can't. So what about the people that are gone? I sat with my God. In my favorite place, for me, it's, it's, it's my backyard where the squirrels play and stuff. And I ask God, and I write a little note, and I read the note to God, and then I burn it and I bury it. That's what I do. I'm sure your sponsors will tell you ways to get the relief necessary to remove the remorse and guilt. Utilize them. And you'll hear me say that a lot. I only had... 16 sponsors. Because you know what? That one knows more than you. So, bye-bye. I was arrogant. I was confused. And I was unwilling to yield. So I guess I did do a geographical cure, didn't I, with sponsors? Huh. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. So so I, I made a chart. And the chart was the people that I have harmed now. These, these are the ones I'm going to do now. Then another chart said later. And then another chart said these are the ones that I ain't never going to do. I'm never going to do. And we all know who those are. We don't even say their names. What's cool about the now list is it gives you some strength. It gives you some encouragement, you know. It gives you some feeling of, I don't know, liberation. So the later list doesn't look so much later. You know what I'm saying? But I start with a now, later, and never, ever will do it. And what's good about this is there's no time limit. You have as long as you want to do, as long as you remain willing to do it. It could take as long as you want. I've never met a sponsor to tell me, you have exactly four months and two days to complete your ninth step. And anyone that does that to you, do a geographical cure. Run. I used people in the past, but I need the people back. I need them back in my life. I used people because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. And then I realized with the sponsor and with the help of God and, and those about me that I now give, I get to give back. I was a taker. I don't know about you guys, but I was a taker. So the goal is to continue to clear away situations or persons with the money gig. I wrote more money orders when they, I don't know if they still do money orders today, but Back when I was around, money orders, I did them to Walmart, Macy's, you know, institutions that I took money from, anonymous money orders. I don't know what the hell they did with the money. It doesn't matter. It was a way for me to clean up my creditors. And if you don't think they catch up to you, (laughs) I went to open up my first savings account at a bank, which will remain nameless. And I went in there with 500 bucks. I was so proud. First time I had ever saved money. 
And I go inside, and the manager comes to the desk and says, Miss Rosello, will you please come into my office? I was, I thought I was a big shot. I want to get to see the big guy's office. I was like, yes, certainly. <laughs> you know, I thought they were going to give me a toaster, you know, something. <laughs> what they gave me was an ultimatum. Miss Rosello, uh, in such and such a year, you took your account and spent such and such an amount. I was cracking my brains out. And like an idiot, I, I used my own checking account. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so I had to pay this money back or go to jail. And I was like, did I have a choice? Really? I would love to say that I made the God choice and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Of course I want to pay this back. I said, can you just take half? They wanted it all. And so for three or four months after that, I paid the balance owed back. And I did it with a resentment that went well beyond any resentment you could ever imagine. But when it was all said and done, I could breathe. I don't know. I mean, have you ever hurt somebody so bad that when you see them, you, you stop breathing? You can't look at them? Well, well, by paying this money back, I was able to feel somewhat human again. I still have that same checking account today. Eight years in sobriety, it's the same checking account. You know, that was a big deal for me. It's a big deal to me. So we repair financial amends. We repair spiritually, physical, and, and emotional amends. And, 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 and the belief systems that I had that harmed me and those about me, because I remember going to church one day and, God, if you're a Pentecostal, forgive me. I say it up front. But they had this little spiel where somebody was speaking tongues, have the vapors, and then someone else will raise and speak in English about what God's message is. Well, I decided I was going to be the one to speak in tongues one Sunday. And I was going to disprove this crap. And I was going to wait for the person to stand up and interpret my gibberish. So I flung out some pig Latin, some sounds of animals, whatever. And the vapors hit me. Do you know a young man stood up and started saying a message? And I said, Nene Fluffy, stop, stop, just stop. And I told him what I had done. I was immediately escorted to the pastor's office. The service went on. And he looked at me and he said after the service, and he said, what makes you think that just because you don't believe that we don't believe? I made my amends. To, you know, wonderful thing about AA is you can believe whatever you want to believe. And you can believe it with all your might. I love that. It doesn't matter what it is as long as you believe it. And I believe in step nine liberating me to look, be able to look at you eye to eye. I believe in step nine that I was able to begin to stand in my truth. Good, bad, or indifferent. 
I'm whole because of God. So that's my experience, strength, and hope. Thanks. Didn't you want to read the ninth step promises? Similar hairlines. <laughs> we have the same taste in women. No, okay. On page 83, the bottom of page 83, if you want to read with me. Because this is really beautiful stuff. Kitty's shaking her head. She knows. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend And we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Thank you, Toby. Ruthie B. Ruthie R. Actually, I keep wanting to call her Ruthie B. I don't know who that is, but it, nah, that's what it is. She said it, not me. All right. The Alpha Club. Join us for first annual Valentine's Day spaghetti dinner. I don't know if it could be as good as Brett's today, uh, but it's uh, Sunday, February 10th at 4 p.m. at on North Hubert Avenue in Tampa. Ladies and gentlemen, Sober Stock 2013, Woo-hoo! Fridays through Sunday, March 15th, 16th, and 17th. You all know about that. It's all sorts of information. If you need it, we can get it for you. All right. Having gone through step nine, what they call the action steps, we are going into what some call the maintenance steps. Some people call it that. Some people have other opinions, but we'll see what they have to say. This young man is a, uh, who's going to present this today is a, a kind of near to me, near and dear. Um, had a lot of talks with him. As a matter of fact, today our, 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 par, our parish, uh, the parish priest of this church is from uh, the Philippines. And this guy, he's, I introduce him to him, the priest, and um, next thing I know, he starts rattling off in some Philippine language. And 
you know, he looks like he just came out of Kentucky or Kansas, you know. Uh, so um, maybe he was speaking in tongues, Ruthie, but we don't know. But I know when he speaks, he makes a lot of sense, and it's my privilege to introduce to you Mr. Abram B. Afternoon. My name is Abram. I'm a recovered alcoholic, and I use the word recovered to state that I've recovered from a seemingly helpless state of mind and body. Um, as we go through these steps today, and I really do appreciate everything that's been said prior to me being up here. But going back and you know listening to someone in step two talking about you know returning to sanity um, when I admit that my my state my state my status as a human being had become helpless um, my state of mind um, I didn't think there was any help for it and um, you know step 10 I'll get into in a little bit um, promises us that you know sanity um, in the big book on page 84 but to go back to, to what developed in my life to lead me to a point where I was seemingly helpless in my mind and in my body, um, to me, was kind of a subconscious mystery. You know, I didn't know why I got to that point. I could look back and point to circumstances in my life revolving around a nomadic family living in different countries, and, you know, my parents loved me, but, you know, I didn't really, I, I took it for granted, you know. Circumstances that you know, occurred in my life with the same circumstances that my sister went through. She doesn't have a problem with alcohol. Um, and so why is that? You know, I think, you know, I look back at what Lee was talking about as to, you know, this having this allergy, having this perpetuant, uh, perpetual um, motivation to, to create chaos in my life. Um, and I, I don't know, understand it, but given, given I can go through the same circumstances as someone else and I can view it totally different and respond to it totally different, play the victim um, and, and create secrets and create lies revolving around that. Um, I appreciate what Ruthie was just talking about, about just the chaos that we do create, the cyclone of our activities that just leaves wreckage in our past. And... That's just the way my mind works, you know. I want to hide. I want to lie. Um, I and my solution and my thinking is to fix it up until I have the solution outlined in this book was to drink. That was my solution. And that caused more problems. That caused me to delve deeper into this insanity that it talks about. Um, I like the definition that they give in the book um, on page 37 of what, um, insanity might be. Um, it's a lack of proportion of the ability to think straight. And I can look back and honestly tell you that for up until about a year and a half, almost two years ago, my ability to think straight was lacking um, in that it caused me to do things and say things um, that were hurtful to others, hurtful to myself, um, and just and ultimately, you know, hurtful to my relationship with, with, with God. Um, I want to point out, you know, going through these steps is 
you know, the most important thing anyone can do for the recovery. I really appreciate having that time that we had to just denote the clean time that people have, you know, from going from, you know, 30 days to 30 years, um, just what that entails. And, you know, if I can give any message to anyone that's here, you know, that hasn't gone through the steps, it's, you know, get a sponsor that you can identify with, that you can feel comfortable with, um, and more importantly, a sponsor that will take you through the steps. Um, the steps are outlined in this book. The first 103 pages, pretty much, um, will take you through the steps line by line. It's important that you do that with a sponsor that's been through them. Um, I went through this program as a well, I spent my, as a 21 year old um, without a sponsor, and I had seven years of not drinking time, um, but that was insufficient. Um, there's something about the way my mind works, um, and I believe it's the alcoholic mind works, that there really is only this one solution that I'm, I'm familiar with. Um, it's, it's not just a theory in my mind. It's, it's based on the experience that I've heard in these rooms. Um, I can argue against theories and I can debate against ideas but I can't really debate against experience because experience actually happens. It's the facts. You know, it's the facts about what happens to other people when they go through these steps. So I have this lack of proportion of the ability to think straight. I have this seemingly helpless mind and body um, that has led me to this point where, you know, I'm, I'm insane. I'm not, I'm causing myself, I'm doing the same things again and again, as Albert Einstein says, you know, expecting different results. And... So what, what do I have to do to, um, to change that? Where, what is the solution other than alcohol? Because that was the easy solution. That was the, you know, granted, I can do that any time. Um, well, the solution starts in these steps. And getting to step 10, it says it suggests we continue to take personal inventory. And I've, this book goes back and forth between telling you that these are suggestions and these are musts, and and to me it doesn't. It, they're both the same. We we can. It's a suggestion like suggesting that you pull your uh, ripcord when you jump out of an airplane with a parachute. Um, but in my mind, they're musts. I mean, there's things that I have to do. Um, and so up until this point, we've cleaned house. We've talked with our sponsor. We've we're developing this relationship with this higher power. Um, whether or not we believe it at this point, um, I think is different for other people. But the promises, the promise that I get from Step 10 is that sanity will return and that I am responsible to stop fighting. You know, I am responsible to start taking action, well, continuing to take action in maintaining this, uh, what, I've, what I've gained up to this point. Um, I look around, and I, I, you know, today is a special day in Tampa, I guess. Um, a lot of people are, you know, down Gasparilla. I've never been. I hear it's um, a hoot, um, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, when I, when I look around here, I look at people that have chosen an action to be here today as opposed to being down there. And, you know, given, you know, if, if, if none of us had recovery, I think most of our um, minds and our actions would have taken us down there. Um, and so all of us, you know, have, have maintained some sobriety up until this point today by taking the action of being here and taking the action of listening to people's experience, strength, and hope on these steps. And I just appreciate the, the, the principle behind step 10 um, being perseverance. Um, I am a quitter. I am a liar, a cheat, and a thief. I 
do not like to do things consistently um, left to my own devices. Um, I mean, I guess I did consistently drink and cause problems, and, but when it came to responsible activities, I was a quitter. Um, you know, sports teams wasn't going my way. I'm done. You know, relationships. Oh, you offended me. I'm hurt. Let's get through with it. I'm. You know, why, 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 why continue something that I don't want to do? Um, perseverance is a hard principle f- for me to to grasp, um, and I think it's daunting for anyone to think of. You know, living the rest of their life in recovery, but that's not what this book and that's not what these spiritual principles teach us. They tell us to take it one day at a time, and I can wrap my head around that, and I can wrap my head around taking action today um, to get out of the way of God. Um, step ten here on page it starts right halfway down page eighty four in the big book and continues down um, to eighty five. Um, it continues actually after. What Ruthie had prayed, you know, they will materialize if we work for them. And then this thought brings us to step 10. Um, I found that as as I got to this point, um, I didn't really know what was going on. I'd like to sit here and tell you that I had it all figured out and that, you know, these steps just made sense in my mind. Um, I was just going on what my sponsor was telling me. and I was just, I was just putting one foot in front of the other. That's all I could really um, put, wrap my head around. Um, I'm by nature hard-headed, um, stubborn, have it, like to overanalyze everything. Um, this time around, I was I was pretty much beaten down um, to the point where I was just willing to like take suggestions. Um, and you know, getting to this point, I was I didn't really notice this obsession leaving me. You know, talks about alcohol as being this obsession and this craving that we have. Um, I didn't know, I can't pinpoint when this happened, but I can pinpoint the suggestion that my sponsor gave me um, to start reading these pages, um, page 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, um, every day, and to start incorporating new actions into my life. um, And by doing things differently, by acting differently, my thinking changed. You know, I can sit here and think all, all, all day, but unless I actually put one foot in front of the other, um, my thinking is not going to change. And that's the whole goal of this. Well, that's what it was outlined for me is that, you know, the goal of going through the steps is to have a change in my psyche, you know, a change in the way I think, the way I perceive things, and and uh, create new avenues of, of ways to live. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I had recovered. You know, it says here in Step 10 that we were never cured of alcoholism, and I never claimed that. I, um, but we are led to a point where, you know, my lack of proportion of the ability to think straight, you know, my seemingly helpless state of mind and body has changed. You know, I no longer am that victim. I no longer have to fight each day wondering how I'm going to, you know, make it through the day without just, you know, hurting someone or hurting myself. Today I, I have a chance to, you know, be in a fellowship of people that encourage me to, to take action, to hold my that hold me accountable, that allow me to hold them accountable. Um, and that, that continues to grow um, each day. Um, well, most days. I'll say that. And I'll say this, just to, just to, just to be entirely honest, is that, you know, it, if we're not making progress, you know, and if we're not continuing to grow, um, someone told me once that we're either um, moving closer to a drink or closer to the solution. And, and today I, I want to be part of that 
um, group of people that is, you know, guided by the solution of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I don't do it perfectly, and, you know, I'd be lying if I said that um, I did. I do, to the best of my ability, wake up each day thankful that, um, that I'm alive. I, uh, I've had the privilege of sponsoring others and to see, um, to see the change in their life. And step 10, um, when we get to it, is something that is kind of a refreshing step to do with them because I don't have to, you know, hold their hand through it. It's me kind of letting them leave the nest. It's saying, you know what, this is what you've been given, you know, so far. Let's go ahead, you know, you're responsible for, for taking these steps to enlarge your spiritual um, life. Um, and it calls us to, to, to keep in, to stay in fit spiritual condition. Um, you know, whatever we, the more, the actions that we take um, each day, is like exercise. You know, we're we're gearing up for the next day by the actions that we take today. That's you know, that's just the nature of like doing exercise. You know, staying fit. You know, runners and triathlons. You know, they they work out, they exercise so that they can prepare themselves um, for the race. You know, and the same ways um, we're called to to maintain our spiritual conditioning. Um, the suggestions that were handed down to me, and you know, in this book, you know, it's. It's pretty clear um, what we're called to do, what kind of actions to take. Um, yes, the, the, the concept of a higher power um, is ambiguous and is different for each of us. I don't, I don't claim to have a corner on my perspective of a higher power. But there are some principles we live by that, are guide, that we are given in this book um, that make things um, pretty easy in terms of when I ask myself, how do I live? Um, going through these steps, I, I learned a lot about myself. Um, biggest lesson I think I learned about myself is that I didn't really know who I was. <laughs> and um, I was given the opportunity to be reborn. Someone had mentioned that earlier. And so how now do I live? You know, that's the big question. You know, I think that's been studied throughout the ages. How, what, are, what are the actions that we should take today um, that are beneficial, that are um, going to continue to keep us on this course? Um, and um, this book tells us pretty much word for word in black and white um, what to do. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. Um, in step three, we give our will to God um, in, our, in that prayer. And God gives it back to us here in step ten. It, it says he teaches us. Well, it doesn't say this. I'm, um, it says, how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are the thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. So I am able to use my will only if it's God's will. Only if I'm my intention and my motive is to serve God and be in his will. Um, it's kind of a paradoxical situation, but for me and my experience... And uh, you know, you can argue with the theory, but my experience has shown me that I am a lot happier these days. Um, the actions that I take, you know, in praying those kind of prayers, in, in using that as my motive for being and for um, <laughs> for living, um, has made me genuinely happy. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't sit, I don't play the victim, I don't, you know, I don't. My relationships with others are actually lasting. You know, I'm, 
I'm grateful that I have, you know, loving relationships today. Um, and that's, that's not something that left to my own devices, I think, I, I wouldn't be in this place, I think, left to my own devices. Um, with this disease of alcoholism, I think, you know, the book promises um, we're going to die, you know, <laughs> basically. If we don't do this stuff, you know, we're going to die. It's a little bit morbid, but that's the reality is that each day, um, you know, we have, we have the option of, of how to be and how to act. Um, you know, step four talks about, you know, we, we continue to do this. Um, we want to keep our house clean and avoid selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And step 10 is kind of a mini four-step that we get to do each day. I know some sponsors like their sponsees to write, write it down every night and have a notebook. And, you know, that's not, what, that's not my experience. My experience was, you know, hey, you know, just get right, you know, be... Not, I wasn't told that. I was told, you know, to just continue to, to do the things like pray. Um, at the end of the day, you know, look back. And the more, the, the funny thing is, well, it's not really that funny, but the, the reality was the more I did that, the shorter the list became, you know, of, of things that I did that were wrong, the less pain I experienced. Um, Kitty was talking about having just this high threshold for pain, and I can identify with that. Um, I'm great at inflicting and accepting pain in my life. Um, but my threshold for pain is decreasing, and that's as a result of um, my, my actions along these steps. Along step 10 is the more that I do it, the less I'm tolerant of pain. If there's something in my life that is not right, I don't wait till it hurts that much. I address it, you know. I address it as quickly as possible so that I don't have to sit there at night and you know, dwell on these things, keep myself up, and, and you know, regret things all the time. Um, so that's my experience with Step 10. Um, it says that um, w- by doing these things, we receive inspiration and direction. Um, you know, I might not always know what the best course of action is, but um, I know that if I can pray at any moment and... You know, I might still have some confusion as to how to be, but I will, by giving my will up, um, I, I, there's really not a lot wrong I can do um, if I'm truly genuine in, 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 what I'm, in, in giving my will away. Um, it promises us to, to some extent, we will become God conscious and we, be, we begin to develop this vital sixth sense. Um, and as we continue to grow and as we continue through these steps, um, and, and, you know, like Toby was saying, some people call these the maintenance steps, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't sit, my experience is not that I just, you know, hey, I just need to do 10, 11, 12 each day, it's, you know, I give my will to God as, as often as I can, that's the step three, you know, I admit that, you know, if I, I don't think about alcohol a lot, but when I do, the second thought is usually, um, wow, that would, that would, I'm powerless over it. I would be giving my will to that other higher power that I served for so many years. And I don't want to go down that road um, today. Um, one of the things that we also get to, to be rid of is, is the fear. Um, I used to be afraid that, you know, I'd have reservations about, well, what if, you know, I'm in this situation and, um, you know, this... Uh, 
I could create certain scenarios where, you know, I was afraid that I would be less looked at as less than by my peers if I was, you know, to never drink again. Um, and my 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 thinking was just along the lines of, um, you know, creating these scenarios to, to live in fear. And um, I'm so glad that I'm, you know, around a group of people and, and around these kind of principles that allow me to get rid of those. And I do that um, through practicing the 10th step where I'm able to um, – Look over my day. Where have I given in? Because it really is given in. It's my choice to, to, to go into the resentment, to go into that fear, um, to go into that selfishness and dishonesty, um, which I still can do on a daily basis. But it is my choice, and I have to accept, accept responsibility and show a willingness to get rid of that. Um, otherwise, I think that I, I backtrack. Um, so I think that's about it. Um, thank you for letting me share my experience with Step 10. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.